Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast brought to you by Violet Defense Technology. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Technology for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. The FIAAA also wants to thank our great diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herb Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our great platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Booster Digital Displays, revolutionize your game day experience. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast brought to you by Violet Defense. We've got a very special episode today. We're gonna to be visiting with Todd Gordon. Todd is a certified master athletic administrator. He's the activities administrator for the Greene County Community Schools in Jefferson, Iowa. And he's also the host and creator of the Beyond the Bench podcast, kind of the uh, uh, template for uh, anybody trying to put together a, an athletic director related podcast. Todd, welcome to the program. Well, thanks, Jake. Great to be with you today. Thank you. Uh, well, um, you know, I love listening to your show, you know, with, you know, your, uh, your is it co-hosts or tri-hosts, but uh, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that uh, later, but let's jump right into it. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school, and um, how you ended up uh, in the position that you're at right now with uh, Green County. Well, my, my, it's kind of a it's just kind of a funny story. I, I've just, I've moved quite a bit. Okay. So you might hear that in here, but I grew up in Western Iowa. I was born in Nebraska, but grew up basically in Western Iowa, Southwest Iowa, little town called Griswold, Iowa. Um, my dad uh, was a minister for 40 years. Um, and uh, just recently at the age of 82, kind of quit preaching, supply preaching uh, full time. He was going to little churches up in Northwest Iowa supply preaching and and uh, had just recently quit that just a couple years ago so um, I grew up with a communicator uh, and uh, my mom just a great hostess uh, and uh, had had very fortunate uh, parents and just inspired me and uh, just provided me with a lot and uh, 
but mainly just provided me with love and support uh, throughout everything. So I grew up there. I went to, uh, we could do another podcast on my journey to get here, but um, I graduated from Northwest Missouri State in 1985 and uh, started out uh, teaching and coaching, coaching about everything you could at a little town called Walnut, Iowa, including six-on-six girls basketball back when we were playing six-on-six girls basketball. Um, went out to Lisbon, Iowa and Eastern Iowa, came back to Western Iowa uh, to a place called Manning and was there for 10 years, head boys basketball, and then went for two years to a small Christian college, Nebraska Christian College in Norfolk, Nebraska, where I was born. And uh, that was my first little stint as an athletic director, dean of students, men's basketball coach there, um, but felt my calling was back in high school. So I went back to Harlan Community High School in Western Iowa and there was the girls coach there. And then through some different circumstances, my, my mom dying and just kind of reevaluating, reevaluating where I was in life and what my priorities really needed to be. Um, it kind of sounds funny, but the coaching aspect, and then I jumped into administration and I, I still did a little bit of coaching at a town called Trainer, Iowa in Western Iowa. And, uh, but I was the athletic director there and that was 16 years ago. It was my first stint as athletic director. I uh, was there for seven, seven great years, and two of our kids graduated from there. And then took my first full-time administrative role in Carlisle, just in the northeast or southeast corner of Des Moines, a 3 h size school there in Iowa. And uh, was there three years, and then went to Des Moines Roosevelt in the heart of Des Moines uh, Metro School, uh, school of about 2,500 students. Um, and part of the big Des Moines public school system, their largest school in Iowa, and uh, was there for four years. But then as I, I start to wind down, I guess, so to speak, you know, and I know uh, retirement starts to look, I wanted to end basically, um, I wanted to finish my career in a spot kind of where I started. And that's just a kind of a more rural setting, a uh, smaller school, Green County had a great opportunity. They were hiring their first ever full-time activities director out here two years ago. Uh, so I applied for that and came out to Jefferson. It's, it's about an hour outside of Des Moines to the north and the west and uh, have been here now finishing my second year. So uh, that's the roundabout way uh, with Scott Jarvis and I, one of my co-hosts on Beyond the Bench. We, Stecker's been at, Aaron Stecker has been at Cedar Rapids Candy, you know, forever. And Scott and I have kind of hopped a little bit, but um, the journey has been great. And uh, we've met some great people, worked with some great people. And I think, you know, whatever path you're on, it's your path, right? And uh, that's been my path. And I don't have any regrets about it. I admire the people who have been in spots for 20 and 30 years. Um, I think that takes a special person too. That hasn't been my calling. Um, uh, so I, I've, that's been the journey. And then and again, my family and I have been blessed to be in a lot of different places with a lot of different people and learned a lot along the way. No, absolutely. I can relate to that uh, so much. You know, my career uh, has been um, at, at multiple schools in multiple states, you know, literally uh, every corner of the United States plus uh, Missouri and Arkansas for a while. So uh, um, I appreciate what you said there. You got to find your path. It, it's got to be a good fit. Uh, so, you know, really uh, appreciate you sharing that. Um, Todd, we always um, ask our ADs about uh, the mentors 
that they've had in their life. And our profession leadership is just so important. I'm going to guess your dad was, is probably on that list somewhere, but who have been some of your mentors, uh, either family members or maybe people that you've worked with or, or worked for over the years? Well, my story, uh, two come to mind. And I, I, one is my high school basketball coach. Um, and you go back to that story of her graduating from Northwest Missouri State. Well, five years before that, I dropped out of college um, after six weeks. And I was just kind of wandering, you know. And um, I was standing in a doorway watching high school basketball camp the summer after I had dropped out. I'd work and I was working a couple jobs and but really didn't know where I was going, what I was doing. And the man that I still call coach, I uh, just talked to him the other day for 30 minutes and I still just call him coach. I can't call him by his first name. Um, and he came up to me and he poked me in the chest and he said, go do something with your life. And he walked away. And that was it. I figured, okay, I'm going to go do something. And so that kind of got me. I started in business, but then got to education. He actually, that next summer, had me coaching his the summer basketball team there in Griswold, Iowa. And that, that lit my fire to coach. And uh, so, you know, uh, obviously Coach Kent Gady uh, will be the guy that, that uh, took me a long ways. And then my first administrator was a principal I had in Manning. And he taught me just about being honest and communicating and not being afraid to tell people what they may not want to hear, but what they need to hear. And so I have always just taken that honesty with him and tried to be honest with people and tell them what they need to hear and try to do it in a nice way, a decent way with grace and compassion, but to let them know what they need to hear to be better. And he did that. He modeled that for me. So Kent Gady, my basketball coach, and Don Ringenberg, my high school principal in Manning, uh, two big mentors in my life. Yeah, yeah. Great, great stories. And again, the expression I like to use is I still hear those voices in my head uh, when I'm talking to somebody. I'm going to guess you hear those voices. You sure do. Yeah. Todd, we get a lot of uh, younger ADs or newer ADs uh, that listen to the podcast, just like your show. And I think it's important to share the journey that you and I have been on uh, as far as the state organization and the NIAAA. So take us a little bit into, you know, that path of how you got involved at the state level uh, and how you ended up, you know, earning your CMAA. You know, how did that all play out? Right. And I think, again, I, that's, that's so important to be connected. And state organizations, no matter what state you're in, gives you an opportunity to be connected with ADs who are going through the same thing. The story might look a little different. The obstacle might look a little different, but we're going through the same things. So you have to have that connection. And so my journey into the Iowa High School, High School Athletic Director Association started with just, hey, you want to run for office in the Southwest District when I was in trainer. So I did. And by the time I got there, then I'd moved to the Central District to Carlisle and was there a couple of years. And then I was approached by Harley Schieffer, our executive director in Iowa, about running for second vice president and going through the chairs at the state level, because uh, I'd served on the central district, uh, junior director, senior director, is how we have our setup. And so he said, why don't you run for second VP? So I did, um, because I just love, I was hooked in 2005, the first time I went to the Iowa High School Athletic Director Association Convention, I was hooked. Um, it was just such a great learning experience. And you really started to connect 
active with ADs and develop friendships. And um, so I was, I'm, I was very committed to going to that every year and just learning and growing and communicating and talking. So when Harley asked me to run, I said, sure, I'll run. And uh, so I was blessed to be in that leadership role and served as president two years ago of the Iowa High School Athletic Directors Association. Um, and now I've gotten into now teaching. I'm off the board now. I was a social media director, or PR guy for a couple of years. And now I'm off of that. Uh, and, but I still, we still teach LTI classes here locally uh, with our convention and the Summer Institute. I've, I've done that a little bit. Um, and that's been fun to kind of teach and bring some of the things you do back to people. Um, so, and then the NIAAA, again, the first time I went to the national convention, I was hooked. And then when you talk to people like Phil Risen and, and you get to hear uh, some of the leaders nationally speak um, and just admire some of the leadership you've, you've been able to see there, um, that's just such a great organization. And uh, it's kind of what motivates you and I to do what we do with these podcasts. Um, is we know there's people all over the country, not only our own state, but all over the country that just are listening. And maybe we can offer them one nugget to help get them through that day and then get them to the next day. And that's all we're trying to do is get people to the next day. It's our avenue to do it. Uh, but boy, I just love our local organization. That's the state association and then the national, the NIAAA, the NFHS uh, for what they do for us. It's just a small way we can give back to, to the people around, around as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm glad you mentioned that getting involved component at the state level that should lead to so many other opportunities for an AD, not just to learn, but also to give back. Um, let's go ahead and talk about uh, podcasting. Uh, just you and I talked a little bit before we came on the air. Um, we are just coming up um, on our first year of doing a podcast and uh, just real br briefly, you know, a year ago, I was the president-elect for Florida, which means it was my job to run our conference. And our conference ended up being canceled due to COVID. And long story short, we put together uh, a series of uh, Zoom workshops. Uh, and this was a year ago before anybody knew what Zoom was, uh, right. that was very well received. Uh, and I, because of that, uh, I was asked to uh, be a guest on the Hanging with the AD podcast. And the experience was just so positive for me getting to, you know, literally talk about yourself, talk about your school, talk about, you know, our state. And I said, as president, I want to do something for the athletic directors in Florida. And, and that's how we got going. Now, you've been doing your podcast for almost three years. Okay. It didn't take a pandemic for you to, to start. So, how did you get the idea? How did it all come together? And how have you uh, kept it so successful for, like I said, going on three years? Well, it, it kind of, a similar story, Jake. It, it, it kind of started my president's year. As we looked at the number of ADs in our state, in Iowa, 340 schools, but we were having routinely, I did some research that, that year I was uh, first president, president-elect, about how many, why were you leaving the AD profession? What are you doing? Well, that year I did that research, we had 70 ADs across the state that left their job. Some of them went back to the classroom because of lack of support, whatever the case might be. 
family, you know, those things happen. Uh, some took a, a, a different job in administration, maybe. And some just got out. And the majority of them, no matter what they did, they got out of being an athletic director. So with that research, we found that three years was kind of the, if you can make it through that first three years, then maybe we got you hooked and you can do it because you figured out how to navigate this world that we live in. And so I, we were at actually my president's retreat that in August and Aaron and Stecker and I from Cedar Rapids Kennedy were off in a corner talking and we were talking about, you know, what's next? What do we, what do we do next? What can we do to help? And we kind of started talking about, well, let's just, let's start talking about AD stuff and do a podcast. And so we did. We said, well, let's invite Jarvis because Jarvis knows everybody and, you know, uh, he can talk. So there's th there are three of us that do it. And so we started, we, we went, uh, that was in August. We started in December of that year, 2018, uh, 2019. And uh, it, it's just kind of grown from there. Uh, but our, 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 ta our tagline is by ADs for ADs. And so what we want to try and do, what we've wanted to try and do is provide a resource, uh, provide real talking points for ADs to try and get them through those first three years and maybe just get them through a day. That's all we want to do, you know, um, and get them to the next day and just kind of day by day. But we, it was designed to try and help that new AD more than anything, uh, get resources on how, to, you know, kind of, we're all going through it. We've all been through it. And here's some things that we did. We, that's why we try to bring in guests of ADs. And we started a lot of Iowa. Now we've gotten out to, you know, across the nation and even with the uh, Globetrotting ADs, yep. you know, getting them on as well. Um, and we're going to get this guy down in Florida I'm talking to right now on the podcast very soon as well. Um, but I, I think it's just, again, the one thing that I, I've learned and, and you've learned as well, ADs are sharers. Yep. We are not hoarders. And so what we have, we share. If I've got a way that I can run a track meet that helps somebody else, then I'll share it. I'm not trying to have the exclusive rights on running a track meet. You know, coaches, if I'm a basketball coach, I might not want to share my offense with you Absolutely. or how I do things, how I break a press or how I, I drop back and throw that, you know, whatever the case might be. Coaches are a little bit more protective. ADs, we share. And so it's just an opportunity for us to share, bring people in to share. We try to be current on what we're talking about. So during the pandemic, uh, when we could have a, you know, a mental health coach on and talk about that, um, just ways we we're kind of managing that. And then, of course, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, by about July last year, we did a podcast where we couldn't mention the C word. So we were tired of talking about it. So we didn't mention COVID in that one. So Again, it was just kind of designed to be a resource uh, for ADs, but done by ADs as well. Well, I love hearing the Genesis story of that. And, uh, you know, you, you're absolutely right about ADs being sharers. You know, I, we can't wait to share a great idea. Hey, you know, I saw this at another school or we tried this and it really worked out well. So uh, absolutely. Very good stuff. For our listeners, we are visiting with Todd Gordon, Certified Master Athletic Administrator, 
and the Activities Administrator at Green County Community Schools in Jefferson, Iowa. We're going to take a quick break and uh, let you hear about our new podcast sponsor, Violet Defense. The FIAAA and the Educational AD Podcast want to thank Violet Defense for sponsoring our podcast. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense Technology for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. We're back with Todd Gordon. Uh, Todd, one of the things we like to do with our podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. What's a couple of things that you guys do at your schools that, you know, when you look at with equal parts, pride and humility, you know, you can say, boy, we do this better than anybody else. What are a couple of best practices you can share? One of the things I really tried to do when I came to Green County, I, I inherited a, a really young and inexperienced head coaching staff. Now sprinkled in there were a couple of veterans. Um, and I, when I say coaching staff, I th I'm talking about, you know, the activities as well, choir, band, speech. But boy, of those 19 head coaches that I have, um, boy, 15 or probably four years or less being a head coach and, uh, you know, a couple new ones. So one of the things I really wanted to focus on was professional development. But how do you do that when you've got community coaches who are working at the bank or wherever they're working and you've got teachers um, and we still aren't to the point where I, I can get them for a PD. So how do you do that? So one of the things that I've, I've developed in the last two years and it kind of got put on pause this year with COVID and just the unknowns. I just didn't want to throw that on top too. So we kind of just did things a little bit different this year. But last year I started a one-on-one -on -one coaching program where I set up individual meetings with each head coach, uh, 30, 40 minute. And I don't like to call them meetings. It's just part of a process of, of growth that we do. So I, I try not to get them to treat it as a meeting. Um, but we come in and we talk about things they're doing well. What, what's something they want to work on? We try to get one big thing that they're going to work on from that point to our next meeting. And so that first year I had set up five meetings with every head coach. So 90 individual meetings with all of our coaches, um, taking place. So, um, and then COVID hit in March and that kind of put an end to it. And then with the unknown this year, we just kind of incorporated a little meeting here and there. I'd, I'd go see them, but nothing really quite as formal. So one of the things we're going to do next year is bring, up, bring back that one-on-one -on -one coaching um, sessions with them. And so I've narrowed it. I took it back to four instead of five. Um, but I, I try to meet with them whenever they can. So I've got some meetings at 6.30 in the morning. Um, I've got some meetings, you know, 
later in the day. I've got some meetings where they can come in if they're a teacher in our high school and we can meet during their prep period. So it just varies um, depending on their schedule. I work around their schedule. It might be in my office. Uh, we do a couple of them at a coffee shop. I'll go meet somebody at a coffee shop. We'll have a cup of coffee. So they aren't meant to be evaluate evaluations. Um, they're meant to try and, and lift them up. I've had uh, people crying in my office, just talking about what they're going through. And so you try to lead them through that and help them through that. Um, I've had struggling coaches struggling with chemistry. And so we, we talk about that. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's really one-on-one. -on -one. It's not a tight structure. Um, we have a little format that we follow, but it kind of leads them into what they want to do better. What are you struggling with? What are you doing? Well, I want them to talk about what they're doing well too. Um, so I think that that's a commitment I made uh, to try and mentor these young coaches and even some of the more experienced ones because they'd been without a full-time AD. And when I came here, they hadn't had an AD for six months uh, because the guy left. So uh, they were without any leadership, really. They were just kind of piecing together. My activity assistant was doing a lot of scheduling. And anyway, so that's another story. But they needed somebody to kind of just come alongside and walk with them as they coach. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to bringing that back because I grew as much as they did. I mean, I learned how to communicate with them as much as they learned to share with me. Um, and so I, I had appreciated the growth that I felt um, as a leader, just helping, helping them with that as well. Um, so that, that's the, really the biggest thing I, I'm, I, I just am proud of here at Greene County. And I'm, I'm, I'm just also proud of our, our coaches and our directors for being willing to be mentored and to be willing to commit to a process to be better. Because that's not always easy. You know, we talked about, you know, Don Ringenberg, right? That he said, he was being honest with people. But I'm not being true to Don Ringenberg if I'm not being honest with the people that I'm leading. If he's my mentor and he taught me to do that and I ignore what he taught me to do, then I'm not being true to a man that I truly admire. And so I think it's important that I do that, but I appreciate our coaches being open um, to that type of one-on-one of -on -one coaching. You know, that's so cool to hear and, and it's so important. Uh, I can look back at my own career as an AD early on uh, and that was not a tool that was in my toolbox. Uh, but I learned, I guess, the hard way uh, that I needed that tool, I needed to develop that. And uh, I've gotten better at it. Uh, and I think it's helped, as you said, it's helped me as an AD. I, I know it's helped the coaches, you know, to have that relationship and uh, to be able to come and, and talk about things, even that might not be athletic related. It's just something that they might right. be challenged with at that moment. So just so important. Thanks so much for sharing. And I, I'll add one more thing if I can. Absolutely. I just, we just finished a, a book study as well. I had about six or seven coaches in a book study that we did early in the morning. I've talked about this on our podcast. It's, it's Swim by Walter Bond. Uh, highly recommended leadership book. It's a fable type book, um, but a great book. And Walter talks about it. Even when you talk to Walter, um, and in the book, the, it's kind of designed as we are in the people business disguised as an athletic department to relate it to us. But we're in the people business. So we've got to find ways to be in the people business. We get so caught up in the minutiae of making sure we've got the officials, we've got the ticket takers, all that 
stuff that we forget about the people business. So I think we've got to find ways to be in that, but we are disguised as an athletic department. Oh, I, I love that. And, and again, he hit it right on the head, you know, whether it's kids or coaches or parents, or even, you know, the student athletes, the students, not the student athletes, it's all people. That's who we deal with uh, officials too. So as an mm-hmm. official, I can state the officials are people. Okay. <laughs> you heard it here. Uh, um, you mentioned it earlier, so I won't be uh, the one to broach the subject, but for our listeners, we're recording this on May 18th, and we're well past that uh, one-year anniversary of, of COVID, that C word, and I'm hoping that we can just phase this out of our podcast as well, but Todd, real briefly, um, when COVID hit in, in Iowa, because we've seen a, a crazy variety of responses across the country, um, how did that impact you guys in Iowa and at your school? And then this year, fast forward, how have you all dealt with it? Uh, not just return to play, but also return to school. Well, what's happening in Iowa? You bet. And of course, like everybody, when it first hit, everything was shut down. We had the opportunity in Iowa because we play summer baseball and softball to have a season last summer. The state allowed us, they, they said, we're going to go back. We had a a shortened season. We started practice on June 1. We started games on June 15. And then our state tournament was basically the same. Um, We just played a conference season. We played 14 baseball games, 14 softball games, and then went into our postseason. So we had an opportunity to kind of do a trial run outside um, with the COVID restrictions. Uh, we did not limit attendance at that time. Uh, we required masks. We did everything we were supposed to do with public health. We worked very closely with our local public health, who was in touch, obviously, with the Iowa Department of Public Health. Uh, but I had our county public health director on speed dial, you know. And uh, so we had an opportunity to kind of come back in the summer and play a little bit to get us ready for fall. Um, you know, that we made the transition to online ticketing then to, to stop the, the exchange of cash. Uh, so we used online ticketing almost ex- exclusively in the fall and the winter seasons. And, uh, you know, our whole goal, every single time we came into a season, when it was summer, fall, winter, and now spring, my whole goal, and we've said with coaches, we've explained this to parents, our whole goal is to get to the postseason, to get our kids into their postseason tournaments. We took a pause in the winter. We didn't have any positive cases on our wrestling team, but in mid-January, things were kind of a little bit shaky around the wrestling community, some of the places we were going. And uh, we did have, well, I take that back. We had, we had one case and we thought we had a potential state champion who turned out to be a state champion. And we wanted to get him to the postseason. So we put our wrestling team on pause the middle of January, didn't practice, and just kind of let them sit, let them get healthy, and then came back for two weeks and then went into our postseason. I really believe that helped us get to the end. We had to do that. In basketball, we really didn't have many cases at all on the basketball teams. Um, so again, then we get to spring. And things are starting to lighten up a little bit. Of course, going outside was huge for us. Um, 
You know, we, we aren't, we can't be outside in the winter like you can in Florida sometimes. Uh, you know, we had to be inside, but we were able to get outside, obviously, and uh, seeing the cases just go down remarkably. So I did, I, I said this, we recorded last night on, on our podcast and I thanked our parents. I thanked our parents on the radio yesterday. I do a, a weekly or bi-weekly uh, interview with our local radio station. I just thanked our parents for helping us get through it. They didn't always like it, but we tried to communicate. We tried to communicate often. And I said, our goal, every single time I was on the radio or talking to parents, we're trying to get to the end of the season. And of course, this spring was different because we know those athletes didn't have seasons last year. Uh, we had a potential state championship soccer team last year. Didn't even get to see the field. So when that soccer team took the field this year um, and our track teams, uh, golf teams, we were just happy to be playing, but we still wanted to get to the end of the season. So that perspective, we had perspective. Everybody was kind of all in in the fall and the summer. And then through the winter, it got tired. Everybody got tired of it. So you had to kind of keep going back to that. Let's just, let's get to the end. We're, we're getting better. And so people, you know, they had to wear their mask and all that, but people were getting tired of it. Uh, we got to spring. And of course, then the, the perspective was kind of better because they didn't have this last year. So we could always remind them of that. And so, and now we're heading into summer. We start our summer baseball softball games next year or next week on Tuesday. We have our first home baseball game. Um, so here we go. And, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate in Iowa with COVID right now. Of course, with the CDC, everything's kind of been lifted outside. And uh, our, we just got word just a few minutes ago that our state track will now be open to everybody, open to the public. Uh, so we're excited about that, that everyone can go to Drake Stadium and watch the state track meet. So it, it, again, it's just been day by day. We just kind of took the approach of we will adapt and we will overcome. And we'll do what we need to do. And we just kind of kept preaching that day after day, year after do, or, uh, day after day, year after year, month after month. I guess that happened year after year, thank goodness. Uh, but month after month, we just adjust, adapt, and overcome. That's all we tried to do. I love it. Uh, as you were telling that, I was just running back in my own mind the experience that we had at McClay last spring. We had a lacrosse team that we thought was a state champ, uh, didn't get a play. And all through this year, it was, you know, hey, let's get through the season, you know, let's make it, uh, and then winter sports, and then now to spring. So, and yeah. I love you through in there, adapt, improvise, and overcome, one of my favorites. Okay. Yeah. Todd, this has been so cool to uh, spend some time with you. I follow you um, on LinkedIn, on the NIAAA portal, on your, on your podcast. Uh, really enjoy seeing all your posts. And for other ADs, I encourage you to do the same. But we're not quite done. We always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. We've already established that you are an experienced, uh, successful, award-winning athletic director. But right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new AD on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Todd Gordon's athletic director toolbox? Number one, communicate early and often. You cannot communicate enough. If, if I look back to a young Todd Gordon, I probably didn't do that. You put off communicating when you just should communicate right away. Um, whether it's 
social media, whether it's going to talk to a coach, you know, there's a problem. Go, go talk right away. Don't put it off because it's not going away. It's only going to continue to build and fester and, and uh, grow. And, and usually it's, it's never really as bad as what you think it is. You know, our mind is a funny thing. We start to think things are just going to be so terrible. Our mind just, we got, we got to control our mind. We do that by going to communicate and getting things off our chest and talking through it. So communicate early, communicate often. Uh, secondly, learn to prioritize. And don't be afraid to prioritize. I think sometimes we think that we're in this AD job and we got to be everything to everybody. Well, we forget that everybody includes our family, right? And it includes our friends. It includes our, our mental health, our spiritual health, our physical health. So we need to prioritize those things. If we can't be at our best emotionally, physically, spiritually, well, we can't be at our best for the people we serve. So we have to prioritize, but don't forget about your family. Don't forget about uh, those people at home who need you as well and be able to do that. Um, the, the third thing I would tell them is ask for help. Be humble. Uh, if we're servant leaders, we are servant leaders at all times. And servant leaders are humble and they know when they need help. And as we said earlier, we are sharers. We are not afraid to share anything. And sometimes the hardest thing to do is to ask for that help from somebody. Um, and if you're going to get asked for help, this is a three B. Okay. So be ready to offer help too. If somebody calls, take the time. Um, there are times when my phone rings and I see it's an AD from somewhere else and I may not have time, but if they're taking time, and they need help. I need to take the time to, to visit with them for 15 or 20 minutes. So, uh, 3B would be share the help as well. <laughs> That's okay. Great ideas. I love the part about, you know, taking care of, you know, your prioritizing your family and also taking care of yourself. And then, you know, at the same time, you'll give them back to others uh, when help is needed. Great, great stuff. Todd, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Well, I'll, I'll give them two things. I'll give them an email and I will give them a phone number. I'm available on both. Uh, Todd A. Gordon at gmail.com. Two Ds. Todd A. Gordon at gmail.com. And my phone number um, I'm a 712. I live in the 515, but I have a 712 number. That's Western Iowa. 712-579-6015. That phone is open to everybody and anybody who ever needs anything. Um, be happy to help any way that I can. Todd Gordon, Green County Community Schools and Beyond the Bench podcast. Make sure you uh, follow him uh, if you are not already doing so. A great, great resource. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Jake. Great time. Appreciate it. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.